Welcome to the weekend, and welcome to The Barbecue Show with Steve Ray. The Barbecue Show is brought to you by the Alistair's Barbecue Supply and Pro Shop in Ottawa, by the historic Midnight Oil Service Station in Ottawa, by Michelin Tires, because so much is riding on your tires, and by all the great barbecue products and supplies at the Alistair's Barbecue Supply and Pro Shop. I know you've got questions, and we've got answers, so pick up the phone, 423-267-1023, and let's talk some barbecue. That's right. Welcome, everybody, to the Barbecue Show Live here on Talk Radio 102.3. I'm your host, Steve Ray. With me tonight is my good friend, David Bosca from Butcher Barbecue. We'll be getting to David here in just one moment. Our number is 423-267-1023, 423-267-1023. And in just a moment, I'm going to tell you why that telephone number is so important, especially tonight. If you have questions, we've got answers. So pick up that telephone, 423-267-1023. Our broadcast partner is Backyard Smokers Barbecue on Facebook, the number one destination for questions, answers. And even if you want to post some pictures and do a little bragging, go to Backyard Smokers Barbecue on Facebook. We're in touch, so you be in touch too. You can follow Al's Nest Barbecue on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget, this show is on podcast every week. Follow it on Al's Nest Barbecue on your favorite podcast network. All right, we're going to go right to the, the Butcher Barbecue Hotline. And tonight we've got the, the namesake himself on the Butcher Barbecue Hotline, David Bosca from Chandler, Oklahoma. David, how you doing? Hey, we're doing good, Steve. Man, thank you so much for joining us. Two-time barbecue world champion, Finalist on the Barbecue Pitmasters television series and owner of Butcher Barbecue Products. The, the David, you are the, if anybody wonders, if they say, how did Steve Ray get into the barbecue business? He's here. This guy right here, David Bosca, Butcher Barbecue. He hooked me up, and that was, what, three or four years ago, wasn't it, David? Yeah, I believe that sounds right. And, and look um, what you started. Time we was, yeah. Right before yeah. the fire. Your wife, your your wife can blame me. <laughs> That's right. Right before the fire. And then after the fire, I said, I'm going to put a butcher barbecue store right in here. And we sure did. And, um, and, and, and folks, let me tell you something. If you are a barbecue or a backyard barbecue, especially because that's who we like to talk to on the show every Friday night here on the barbecue show live. If you are a backyard cooker and you're learning to barbecue, get on the phone lines, 423-267-1023. And any questions, that you have, you can direct them to a two-time barbecue world champion. And I promise you, there is no question that David will think is dumb. He will answer every question. He's heard most all the questions, but he's glad to take all your questions and help you out. Pork butts, briskets, all you people that always ask about briskets when you come in the store, now's the time to get some advice from a world champion. Ribs, chicken, smoked meatloaf chicken on the grill, anything like that, 267-1023. Get on there and get lined up. We're going to be talking with Dave a little bit, then we'll go to the phones when you call. Joe will put you on hold, and we'll bring you on. David, I want I want to talk about the new products that you're going to announce on our show tonight that the Butcher Barbecue Products is adding to their line of uh, great rubs and sauces. And anybody that's been in the store, you know, you, David's got three rows in the store of just fantastic, got rubs, sauces, uh, grilling oils, injections, 
supplies, knickknacks. And David, you, you just keep adding and adding and adding things. And uh, now th- th- this is this is a step outside the box, I think, this next product you're bringing in. Yeah, it's a step outside the box, and I call it um, too much time during lockup last year. Um, this is a product, or this is products that I've wanted for a long time. And I am so excited to be able to do it the way we're doing it. Um, it's barbecue. It's smoking. Mm-hmm. But it's not anything you're going to put on your grill and cook with. Because it's already cooked. say what it is? Yeah, just go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Let's just do it. I have three flavors of beef jerky that is infused with our barbecue rubs and the, now which some of the best flavors which rubs tell me which rubs you picked uh, because you've got a, you've just got a ton of them and I don't I don't see how you picked the ones you did but I'm glad you picked the ones you did cuz one of them is my all-time favorite and the all-time favorite at the store let's go through go, go through the uh, first we'll go through the rubs that you picked then we'll go through the process on beef jerky well, I'll start from the very beginning. I, I've teamed up with a local uh, meat market here. I've, they've been in business since the 1960s. I sat on the state board of the Oklahoma, Texas Meat Processors Association, and that's where I met these folks at. And they have won hundreds of war, awards cooking beef jerky, summer sausage, things of that. And... I've all, I was raised eating their stuff, and I just loved it. And so I, I went up there, and I met with them, and I said, this is what I want to do. And we took every rub we had, 11, 12 rubs. We went up there, and we started making five-pound batches with our stuff and their, their process. And I just narrowed it down, narrowed it down. We'd increase the spices of my stuff, narrowed it down until we got to the three that I wanted, and it does cover the basis of what beef jerky is. Um, the, the, the first beef jerky you have, you know, it's, it's just beef jerky. It's just, but what I've done, we used for the first one I'm going to talk about is our grilling addiction. Ooh. The grilling addiction beef jerky, this stuff, it encompasses the essence of the grilling addiction. You get that garlic, you get, it was perfect for a beef product, which grilling addiction is, but the the way that it infused into the meat was was phenomenal. I was hoping that this would this would, or our private seasoning will this one out, no doubt about it. This this was definitely a better flavored product than the private seasoning in beef jerky. So then the next one that I think is probably the next most popular is a sweet beef jerky. I am not a fan of teriyaki beef jerky. That's not, you can, you can chunk that back in the trash can, but I wanted a sweet (laughs) beef jerky. So what's the next best thing? So I took everything I had sweet. We took it up. We did honey rub beef jerky. That has just the right beef jerky flavor with a sweetness that you, you get it. You understand Mm -hmm. the honey rub it's there. You it's flavored. It's perfect. So that hit all the marks that I wanted. And we did three or four or five different test batches since September. And and then the last one, you know, when you when you go to getting beef jerky, man, people just want some spice. 
the 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 heat eaters are heat eaters so you know i i'm not one to be just normal it's obvious look at what we're doing today so i introduced i went with all of our spicier products we went with sweet chipotle rub you get that sweetness right on the front side but my goodness it it is the essence of chipotle to where you get the smokiness but the heat's there, but it's not so hot you can't eat it. Bingo, bingo. That that's exactly what Chipotle is to me, and that's what we were able to come across with this beef jerky. Well, you, so we've done all three of them. Now, David, tell, explain the, the grilling addiction. Now, I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say the 2018 Jack Daniels is what you want. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, the 2018 Jack Daniels World Championship, the Invitational, and I'm going to I'm going to compare it to in golf the Masters that's going on right now. That is Barbecue's Masters. It is the top contest in the nation. It's an Invitational. You have to be invited. You have to win so many contests during the year. Uh, lots of way, lots of hard ways you have to have to to even get considered to be invited. David was invited. And he won the thing. I think was it the the year before we were runner up, David, or was that at the Royal? That was at the Royal that yeah. same year. Yeah, the same year. So he 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 runner up. He runner up at the second biggest contest of the year, and then he wins the biggest contest of the year in 2018. And the grilling addiction, David. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that was on every protein that you turned in. You are not incorrect. That is absolutely right. That is. That has become my favorite go-to rub. I, I put it on every single thing. Yeah. And it, it works on everything. You can uh, brisket, uh, chicken, ribs, pork butts, yep. meatloaf, Cheerios in the morning. <laughs> this stuff this stuff is just fantastic. And, uh, David, it literally it flies off the shelf at the store. It is once people buy it, they come back and they get it again because they, they say, I got to get some more grilling addiction and you know that it's working when people come in the store and they they make a beeline right to it they don't ask where is it they just know you know they they're familiar with it. i wouldn't dare move it if i moved it i would cause i'd probably have a chaos outside outside the store if i moved that stuff if somebody had to look for it and um it is folks it is some of the it, it's perfect it's the perfect seasoning if you you know a lot of people uh, you know, have that perfect, you know, at their house, they've got the perfect, whether it's Lowry's Montreal steak seasoning off the, off the big box stores or something like that. This is, this is just like that. This is a, a seasoning that you can, you can get. And um, it, it'll take the place of a lot of different things. And uh, that's why I was so glad when you said uh, grilling addiction was going to be one of the flavors on the beef jerky. I got excited. I said, that's perfect. Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's the only one you need. And I'm a, I'm a strong <laughs> In the honey rub, well, you got the you got the you got three of the top five of my favorite rubs that you make, and the, the sweet and the chipotle is a is like you said is a um, smoky flavor uh, with a little bit of with a little bit of heat, but not enough that you're going to go wow. You know, you're uh, I, I hate to say this, but your wife's going to like it too, and and because everybody says I like hot, my wife doesn't like hot, or my girlfriend doesn't like hot, whatever, but they'll like this. I promise you. Well, let's see what time is it oh we got time david go through the process of making beef jerky and then adding the seasonings 
Well, for us, it was fairly simple. I entrusted the company that I dealt with. We are using, um, it's called denuded rounds, which is, we're using the inside round, the top round. There's multiple names for it, according to, if you do retail, wholesale, institutional, but we're using denuded rounds. That What, what denuded means is 100% of all the exterior fat has been removed. It's sliced extremely thin. And what we do is we tumble it in a big tumbler with the spices. And then it sets overnight. And then it goes into a smoker for about 12 hours. We let it cool. Then it goes to the packing room. And seriously, it's packaged and labeled and thrown in a box. I mean, there's a process. It's nothing that you can say, well, it's a lot like cooking barbecue, for lack of better um, understanding, because... It takes time. It's nothing that you're going to do immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People people come in the store all the time and they they say, "I'm going to make beef jerky." You know what what should I put on it? And I've never made beef jerky, um, but but I just tell them, I said, I, "Well, just treat it like barbecue, like it was a brisket or a, a a prime rib or a steak or something like that." You know, use that flavor profile, and um, it seems to work for most people. They come back and they'll people bring me samples, David. That's what I like when they when they cook something. They'll bring me a sample the next day or or a couple days later. They go here, this here, Steve, try this. And a guy brought me a ham. Remember we t- remember we over Christmas, oh, yeah. David, yep. Frank, and and Jeff and I we did that um, we did that cured ham, and we we even called you during the, <laughs> we had to call you during the video to make sure we were doing it right. A, a guy came in and did one. And he, he was so excited about it, he brought he brought me a piece uh, last week. He said, taste this ham, Steve. And it, it tastes great. We'll tell you how to cure ham, too, just a little bit. You're listening to The Barbecue Show Live. We're going to take our first break. The Owl's Nest Barbecue Supply is the proud home of all the butcher barbecue products. From two-time world champion David Bosca, his rub, sauce, and grilling oils turn ordinary barbecue into extraordinary barbecue. Grilling addiction rub to the famous barbecue mud, and we'll talk about that tonight, too. Get your butcher barbecue products at the Owl's Nest Barbecue Supply in Ultawa. Phone lines will be open after this segment, 423-267-1023. If you've got a question for the America's Butcher, David Bosca, get on the phone and we'll get you right on. So stay with us here on the Barbecue Show Live on Talk Radio 102.3. Beef jerky. I can't wait to get it. Hey, I'm getting a little bit of purging in and out, so the storms have hit. I can hear it. Mm-hmm. So if you lose me, I apologize, but just in case you do lose me or, or whatever, that's it's going on now. Okay, okay. all right. What uh, what kind of internet do you have? Um, it's satellite. Satellite, okay. It, it's through a company called Atlink, but okay. I mean, we, we don't have internet out here. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget that if you want to go through it. We'll be all right. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. Hey, John, uh, Johnny Mags is listening to us. Tom, good to see you. Of course, Jeff is is watching us from Orange Beach, uh, Alabama today. Uh, we've got Jody Harris. Hey, Jody, how you doing? Tommy Hyde, Emmeline Wharton. Hello, Emmeline, how you doing? Um I think you were on Johnny Mag's show, weren't you? The Pit Life, those guys from New uh, New Hampshire. I believe you were on there one time, David. Yeah, yeah, sounds right. I call it the guys that talk funny.
And Steve, if you still want to go over it, remember we got this we can talk about. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've got I've got it all okay. I got it all in my notes. Okay, bud. All right. We're gonna talk about everything. I wanna I wanna get some calls. Tom, if you're all you guys listening on the internet, four two three two six seven one oh two three, you can uh, y'all can call and get in the fun too. Four two three two six seven one oh two three. If you're watching on Facebook, there's David's YouTube videos of contest trimming a brisket right behind me. Let's see if I can move out of the way. There you go. Looks like he's trimming up a that looks like a wagyu brisket, David. Are you doing a wagyu on your I video? I remember what that was back then. Looks like one. Where do you order your briskets from for competition? Um, the uh, meat shop out of Florida. Pensacola. Those A9s for a long yeah. time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. My buddy uh, Jeff, who's usually here with us, he's down there in Orange Beach, which is right next to Pensacola, and he uh, he bought an A9. He went over to he went to the Mecca. Went actually to the place and bought an A9. Eleven ninety nine a pound. That's very good. I told him you better bring it up here and let me cook it for him. So don't mess it up. He didn't like that idea. Al Selvage, thanks for joining us. Al Selvage, one of your biggest fans up here, David. From Al from Oudois. Hey, Al, I heard that. Thank you. <laughs> Al Salvage, running late, busy week. <laughs> Al's retired. Every day is Saturday. <laughs> a busy week for yeah, Al. Had a day off since. Yeah, a busy week for Al's going to Ace Hardware twice in one week. Busy week. Had to go to Publix. Had to take the dog to the vet. Had to take a nap. I'm with you. I like that. I like your side of it. We'll be coming back in just a second. Everybody watching on YouTube, we appreciate you very much. You've got David Bosca from Chandler, Oklahoma. Of Butcher Barbecue, two-time Barbecue World Champion. Everybody should know Team that. Team Thunder, focus on the fundraising. Team up with Team Thunder. We're coming back in just today. a moment. Talk Radio 102.3. Hey, if ribs hey, are your barbecue thing, then I have the thing for you. Craig Sherry's famous Texas rib jelly and Texas rib candy. Plus, his chicken and barbecue rubs are now available at the Owl's Nest Barbecue supply in Ottawa. Treat your ribs with a taste of Texas from Craig Sherry and the good folks at the Texas Rib Jelly Company, the Texas Jelly Company. Good folks down there. You know those guys, don't you, David? Oh, yeah. Yes, sure do. Good Craig, folks. Great guy. We are talking with David Bosca from Chandler, Oklahoma, owner of Butcher's Barbecue. There is a big storm rolling through uh, Chandler, Oklahoma, as we speak. So, if David goes away, we'll do everything we can to get him back. But let's, let's hope that his satellite keeps the signal for you and I. David, let's talk a little bit. We talked about the beef jerky. Now, you've got another product that um, that I, I don't know how I missed it when I, when I did my big order the other day. 
but it's the it's the hickory smoke. Tell me about that. I'll show everybody what it is. It is liquid smoke. It's a hickory flavored liquid smoke, and as I said, or I've, as I've got on the bottle, bottle, don't be a barbecue snob and put your nose up at it. Um, liquid smoke is recipes. It's crazy good, and we have, as you can see, it's a clear, almost amber-like whiskey style, and it is distilled extremely fine. And the reason we went with this is there is a ton of people that cook with liquid smoke that is used in a lot of barbecue sauces, a lot of beans. Um, if you're cooking fish, it's a, it's a big product. You don't have to, not all grillers have big seven, $8,000 smokers and can load a half a rick of wood in it. There is a lot of the cookers that cook with gas, propane, and they still want a smoke flavor, but don't have access to um, smoke tubes, don't have access to any pellets or anything, uh, wood chips. This is the perfect item. I'm telling you, the the smoothness and the cleanness, as you can see, it's it's not tarry colored. It, it is exactly what you're seeing right there. That bottle, that is the color of what it is right there. That it's a is the color. For everybody listening on the radio, it's a very clear caramel almost looking color and i and don't you know we when a lot of times david when people hear the word liquid smoke they you know they cross their they cross their hands in a cross and bring out the silver bullets and the daggers because they think it's a vampire and it's the, the evil thing that jumps off the shelf but it's not a it, it's it's for recipes it's it's something that right. that adds to the flavor i could see putting that in uh, baked beans even you know, just as another flavor profile, and then putting it on, you can still, you can still put it in there, David. You can still put it on the smoker, can't you? Oh, absolutely, you can. Smoke is a flavor. It's when you want to impart it and how much. Some folks like different styles of smoke. That's why there's cherry. That's why there's mesquite. Mm -hmm. All that makes a difference. And this is a true hickory smoke. And you can mix it. Let's say if you're going to do burgers. You can mix it right into the meat prior to cooking, and then you can just grill them anywhere you want, and you're going to get a wonderful flavor. Yep. Yeah, so it, it just, it'll enhance the flavor of, of whatever you're cooking. So don't, don't, don't turn up the barbecue snob nose at it. Embrace it. I want everybody to embrace, yeah. embrace these ideas because that's what, that's what barbecue and cooking outdoors is all about. It's not about... It's not about doing it like they do it on television. It's about doing it like your family wants to eat it and, it and it tastes good. Sometimes that stuff they make on TV, David, it doesn't taste that great, does it? You've been there. No. I mean, you know, it's yeah. it's not for everybody. I, I did one show and it was – and I'm like, well, it's going to take X amount of hours to get it done. Well, we don't need to have it done. It just needs to look good because so it's, it's just me and you It's going to have it. It don't have to be that tender. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've been told that many a time. Yeah. So see, it doesn't have to, it has to look good. It doesn't have to taste good. But when we're in the backyard, man, you know, you're, those are the, the, your family and friends are the toughest judges. They're a lot tougher than Myron Mixon and, and Tuffy Stone and Melissa. <laughs> These guys, they're tough. You know what? They are really tough. Two, six, seven, one, oh, two, three. That's our phone number. If you want to give two time world champion barbecue cook, David Bosca, a ring and ask him some questions by all means, 
uh, please do that. In the chat room, David, we've got Tom Ehod. He was telling me about uh, he used Butcher's Barbecue pork injection and rub, and it was the best pork butt that he ever made. Explain to everyone how important it is to inject a, a pork butt in, in, in addition to using a good rub on it. This, the simplicity is a pork butt is going to be as thick as a phone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's going to be four inches by eight inches by eight inches. That smoke and the grill flavoring will only penetrate maybe a quarter inch. Right. So injecting, you get two foot flavors all over it, inside it, wherever you want to concentrate and do different things with it. Man, and, and the beautiful thing is, let's say you're having a guest or a party over and you're wanting to have more of a luau-style barbecue, well, you can do some pork butts and use pineapple juice. Mm -hmm. Get it down inside that meat, and then when you shred it in front of them, they're going to just wonder, how did you get that flavor? We just stood right here and watched you. Well, it was in there before they ever got there, but you don't need to tell them all your secrets. <laughs> but right. So you can change your flavor that way. And it, cut, cut a pork butt in half. Do one of it in um, uh, a sweet way, another in a savory way. Mm -hmm. it, it, this way you can get that flavor deep inside there. That's what it's all about. It's all about flavor. And, and you just can't get it from the outside. The only thing really you're making is, is good flavored bark when you're putting the rub on, isn't it? When, you, yeah, you're, when you're, yeah, pulling you're pulling it apart, that's when the flavor needs to be there. Yeah, it gets all down in the meat then. That's yeah. right. But it needs some assistance. The middle of that pork is really very bland. It really is. Let's call mm -hmm. it what it is. And there's just not a lot to it. Um, so injecting is the, the best way and has always been the best way to get flavor deep inside of a muscle. And Dave, also, when I, when I pull pork, what I like to do in my, in my flavor profile and kind of trademark is your pecan rub. When I, after I pull it while I'm pulling it, I will mix it in while I'm doing it. Because I like, I like, you know, most people like sweet. And I think the older we get, our, our taste buds kind of die out. And we need, you know, we need something to, to wake them up. And salt and pepper just don't do it for me anymore. But that pecan rub, when you mix it in there, that, that stuff is fantastic. Yeah, pecan rub is extremely popular with pork butts, especially down in your area. Yeah, the, the, the sweet thing is, is really good. Now, let's talk about a brisket because everybody's always wanting to know about briskets. And everybody's afraid to cook them. I, I guess, do you get that question a lot when you're out, when you're doing your schools? Brisket seems to that's, be the holy grail. Yeah, yeah it's, that's kind of like the final stripes to, to get to be a pit master, I guess. People always look at it that way. They've grilled chicken. They've done burgers. They've done steaks. They've done everything like that in their backyard forever. And they start with ribs. Then they go maybe... To something different pork butt and then yeah once they spend fifty dollars on a piece of meat they don't want to run it or or be scared of it i mean it's a large chunk of meat and that's it is that why people are afraid of them, just because it's so big oh i think so absolutely that is the cost yeah well you know you, you can go to walmart and get a 15 pound brisket 295 a pound you know it, it, it's not crazy money Okay, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that. Yeah, in all honesty. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, so you know, it's a, uh, it, you know, I ruined. I, I <laughs> when I first started, I ruined my two. You know, that's. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I took. I took two for the team, and you know why? 
because I wasn't patient. You know, that's the thing about a brisket. You've got to be patient with a brisket. And and just go over. We've got a caller coming in. We're going to go to the phone lines in just a minute. But, but David, talk about how important it is to let the brisket come to you. You, you can't tell a brisket how to cook. Yeah, it, it's got everything to do, to do with what's going on inside your chamber. I get a lot of questions as far as, hey, give me this. I can give you the basics. But it's up to where you're cooking, the, the air temperature, the moisture, how much you're putting into your cooker, the, the amount of meat you got in there. It, I can give you a basis, but when it comes to that, what you have to do is let it just do its thing. It might take two hours more than a standard recipe, and it might be done two hours quicker. There is no one rhyme or reason. Let's go to line one. We've got two lines open. Max, you're on line one and with David Bosca, two-time barbecue world champion. What's up, buddy? Hello, David, I just wanted to ask what you do differently between a choice, a prime, or when you do an A9. Are you running it longer? What temperature are you running it to? Cook process is identical, okay? Now, with the A9s, the Wagyu style, they do get done a little quicker for me. Um, I, I probably, in competition speaking, um, the prime briskets were always getting done at about 203, 204. And now the Wagyu's, I'm taking them at 05, 07. That's, that's kind of the difference there. Does that make the, just so the fat renders, there's so much fat in them, David, to let it render a little bit more? No, because the Wagyu's probably haven't been aged on the front side. I always aged um, my prime briskets about 40 days. So I let a lot of that connective tissue break down prior to cooking. But these Wagyu's have not aged. They're, they, they come in pretty well frozen and, and are sitting frozen in my, my deep freeze. I, I don't age a Wagyu. So when you're aging, are you talking about um, – now what are you talking about aging? You, you let it thaw out? And then put it in the refrigerator for 40 days? uh, In essence, it's called wet aging. Mm -hmm. When you buy briskets fresh, they're not a frozen product. Um, You leave them in the cryovac. You put them in your refrigerator and put them in the coldest spot. If you've got a beer fridge that you don't open very often, that's where you need to put them. Mm -hmm. Don't put them in your household fridge because the the door swung too much. It's going to raise the temperature. It needs to stay as close to 36 as possible. And what it does is when an animal is actually harvested, it starts rigor mortis. That is ultimately what I'm talking about by wet aging, okay? Rigor mortis is the connective tissues. Well, actually, it's the CO2. When an animal is, is shot, the CO2 is trapped in the muscle fibers. And as the um, rigor mortis goes, as it goes through its process, the, elang- uh, the, the elongated uh, muscle fibers will start relaxing the CO2 that is in there from the blood will start releasing and at least starts leaving gaps and open positions in there. And that's what starts in our world tenderizing. It, it loosens up for lack of better words. So over time, do that. the USDA says all aging is done in seven days. I completely disagree with that. Um, when it comes to hanging beef, we would always hang our beef in the meat shops 18 to 20 days. That Mm -hmm. worked for the humidity that I ran in my coolers, okay? Now, when it comes to barbecue competitions on beef, 
I like wet aging. Leave it in the vacuum. I don't cut it open. I just left it in the walk-in coolers, and I would go 40 days. Then I'd blast freeze them. Freezing them is very, very important when you go to freezing the meat. You need it to freeze very fast, as quick as possible. If you just put it in the top of your refrigerator in a small portion of the freezer, it's not going to freeze fast enough. It won't spoil, but whenever it thaws out, you're going to have a whole lot of purge in the bag. It's called myoglobin. It looks like blood. It's not. Mm -hmm. And what happened is is that the uh, water in the muscle fibers froze prior to the muscle fibers itself. And so it punctured the cells and it started releasing the water before it froze. So when you go to cook it, it's going to be a drier product. So what you need hmm. to do is you need to get that blood to freeze quicker than water. Water, I mean, blood actually freezes at only a half a degree um, before water. So you've got to get it to freeze at the same time. And blast freezing it as quick as you can allows that to happen or less chances of that happening so that when you thaw it out, you still have the same piece of meat in there with only the purge from aging, but not the purge from the mishandling of the freezing. So and you're talking and about, done. so you're going about, you're talking about going past the, you know, on, on every brisket will say, or, or all meat will say, sell by, you know, uh, April 15th. So you would buy in a retail environment, in right. a retail environment, there's going to be a meat label from the grocery store mm -hmm. or something like that. That is generally between five to seven days on a vacuum packed piece of meat. Okay. And the reason it's so small is those counters go in through defrost cycle. Mm -hmm. They'll, they may sit in defrost for 45 minutes and do that three times a day. Mm -hmm. So see that meat's actually raising temperature up to about 40 degrees. So it won't last as long, but you so take it home. I'm talking, but you take it home and you leave it in the refrigerator like 40 days past that date and it's okay. 40 days from production. It'll be on the box that it came out of. Oh, okay. Not the date that it put in that counter. Okay. Because it could have sat in their cooler for two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, yeah. that, that clears it up because I didn't want somebody to put a brisket in there and then get it out and they go, oh, this is, <laughs> this is terrible. And uh, Steve said to put it in there for 40 days and I didn't want to ruin their Sunday dinner. Hey, we're going to take a, we're going to take another break here in just a just a moment. You're listening to the Barbecue Show live with David Bosca, owner of Butcher Barbecue from Chandler, Oklahoma. Uh, he's the king and he reigns supreme at the Owls Nest Barbecue Supply. Myron mixing rubs and sauces set the pace for your backyard cookout. Myron is the winningest man in barbecue and he wants to be part of your backyard team too. So team up with Jack's Old South and get your Myron Mixing products at the Owl's Nest Barbecue Supply in Ultawa. Get on that phone, 267-1023, and you can talk with two-time barbecue world champion David Bosco right here on the Barbecue Show Live on Talk Radio 102.3. We'll be right back. David, how good are you on sausage making? Oh, average. Okay. I just know what I do. All right, good. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Tom Tom Ehad wants to talk a little bit about sausage making. I was going to make that my, my 2021 thing to do, making sausage. And then I did. You remember at school I told you I went to at um, yeah. Specs, Specs Butcher Shop here in Utah? 
I, I watched them make sausage. You know what? There's a lot to making sausage. It's not a um, it's not a a fast thing. It's a it's a very complex, messy. You got to have a lot of different tools and a lot of different stuff to make sausage. So I decided I'd just start sausage. buying it. <laughs> yeah, sausage making to me, being in the meat business, that is an art in itself. Those are special butchers in their own world. Mm-hmm. I hired a sausage maker one time out of Canada in one of the um, meat markets I worked at. His sausage recipes were passed down from family to family to family all the way down. His recipes was written in three different languages. Oh, my. Half was in English, half was in uh, French-Canadian, and and I don't know what the other was. Or quarter, or third, third, third. Um, but I have no idea what it was. And that way that no one person, when they, if they stole his book, could read his family recipes. Mm-hmm. That's how special sausage making is. Oh, I know um, uh, Chris Bilber, the guy that owns Specs here in Ottawa, the uh, butcher shop, He's got a he's got a recipe that he sticks to. He puts uh, he puts wine even in one of them. And David, it's it's I mean it's the best tasting stuff you've ever had. It doesn't taste I mean real real good homemade sausage I guess has a totally different taste than the Jimmy Dean that you buy at the, your local Publix or or your grocery store, doesn't it? I think. Sausage make the key to sausage making is the mouthfeel. That's my personal opinion. It, it it is so much. It's it was so much better, and not that the Jimmy Dean stuff is bad. I I enjoy it, but um, his was it was just uh, Chris. Chris listens to the show a lot. He, I just want him to know how good it was. When we come back, we're gonna go to line one. We got Dexter on line one, Stephen on line two, and I think somebody's on line three. Tom, we're gonna try to get to that. Uh, Sausage talk to. I think we're on the backside of the storms. Good. It um you only cut out one time. You only cut out one time. Oh well, that's really you're, good. you're good. You're good. Good. You're real good. Yeah, you can see there, Steve. We are. I don't think you can see it with that white. But, yeah, we are on the backside. So good. We're good. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about your girl coming out of the break, David. Candy. Okay. I just got three, three pallets from her in. Oh, nice. She's she's they're good. They're really they are really good and professional down there. Aaron's moving y'all around on the Skype. Scares me to death. <laughs> Change positions. All right, we'll be coming back in just a second. We'll go to Dexter. Um, who did I say was second? Steve? It's right here. Mm-hmm. It's Where's it at? Oh, Steven and then um, then John's on line three. WGOWFM. Talk Radio 102.3. 
All right, all you pellet heads out there, you know your pellet smoker needs a quality fuel. At the Owl's Nest Barbecue Supply, we stock barbecuers delight. Pellets will keep your smoker running smoothly with great flavor. Everything from mesquite, oak, hickory to cherry, even peach. You can trust your barbecuers delight pellets to stoke your smoker with flavor and dependability. David, what kind of pellets do you use? At Butcher Barbecue. I use barbecue. Oh, I'm sorry. I use Barbecue's Delight. Yes, you do. Let's go to line one. We've got Dexter's on line one. Everybody else, hang on. We'll get to you. What's up, Dex? Good evening. Question about brining. Brining pork, brining chicken. What's your advice? Okay, are you wanting to brine to pickle it or brine to just enhance moisture flavor? Moisture and a little bit of flavor. Moisture. Okay, I wanted to clarify that. When you said pork, I was thinking you might have been talking curing there for a minute. Brining, it's not brain surgery. Um, (laughs) The basic brine is equal parts salt, sugar, and a gallon of water. Let's say cup of salt, cup of sugar, and water. But then you can do so many things. But what you have to remember is it's an osmosis process. That's all you're doing. Um is you can soak it in as long as you want, but all you're doing is allowing the, the, the muscles to osmosis with inside, outside, outside, inside. So there, there's nothing wrong with brining. It doesn't change the molecular part of it. Um, all it does is allow it to soak in, and you can get some really good flavors. I mean, yeah, I don't know how to say it. You can change. I've had root beer-flavored um uh, salmon that was brined and you wouldn't know it was root beer till you was told and then it was like oh that's it that's what i'm getting it just kind of gave it a little bit of caramelization it was really interesting yeah does that help dexter uh, uh, very interesting uh, i'll be honest with you i was following high weeds when you were talking about the, the curing of the, the that- meat in the freezer and the, the fridge so yeah. Steve, I'll talk to you later about that. All right, Dexter. Thanks for calling. Let's go to line two. We've got Steven on line two. Hello, Steven. Hey, how y'all doing? Good. What's up, man? Good deal. I filled up your gas station today, Steve. Good. I appreciate that. I was looking for you weren't there, but Stephen Hood, I'm looking for a gray. The only thing I've got, I've got the Green Mountain Grill, but I'm looking for a really good beef barbecue recipe or rib recipe david beef rib is that what he said was a beef rib steven yes sir david put it on him buddy beef ribs absorbs flavor really well really easily because there is just enough marbling in there and generally most beef ribs will have more than a brisket so it'll absorb it real good but treat it just like you like your favorite steak that's the best thing is i can give you I myself would put a first layer of grilling addiction, then I'd put our premium rub on it or our private seasoning. Those, that combination right there will just, it just works. Um, I like injecting beef ribs. If you're looking at beef plate ribs, there's not enough meat on them to inject. But if you're looking at what is called dinosaur ribs, the, the ones that come off the front chuck, then you'll have a good amount of beef on them. And I would inject them because it'll take a long time in the cooking. That'll help keep with the moisture. But remember one thing. If you get a lean piece of uh, beef, if you if your beef ribs are coming from a select animal 
or even a buffalo or anything like that, uh, the leaner the meat, it takes on pepper real quick. So just keep that in mind. But but generally, beef ribs, man, you just about can't put enough grilling addiction and premium rub on it. And what, what temperature you usually try to do them at? Uh, finishing temp? Starting and finishing. Okay. Okay. That's so generic. Um, I, I cook on pellets, so I'm going to give you my pellet world. But on a basis, you need to start them out anywhere from 230 to 240, okay? I like cooking them in the middle part at about 260. And finishing them, I'll wrap them. I'll, do, I'll treat them just like a brisket. Hmm. And I'll start that steaming process, and I'll take them on up to about 280 once I get them wrapped. And I'll, you need to finish them off at about 212, in my opinion. Oh, okay. Cook them, cook them at 280 and finish them at 212. Okay. Yes, yes. Did you get that, Stephen? Yes, sir. I appreciate it. You bet. Yeah, and and Stephen, if you're going to cook on more of an open lot live fire, say like a drum, I, I would say stay at around 275. I think you'll get a better product <clears> in the long run. And and rotate it about every 30 minutes. Just pick it up, turn it, pick it up, turn it. About every 30 minutes in a in a live fire cooking like that. I think he's got it. All right, let's go. We'll, uh, Joe, we'll go to John, and then we'll take our break. Go ahead, John. You're on the air. Yeah, I got a quick question about uh, cooking uh, brisket because my uncle, he mo- made the tastiest and most uh, juiciest brisket I think I've ever tasted. And my cousin, uh, well, not my cousin, but my wife's cousin, she was – she was all about her husband cooking big uh, brisket, you know, tasting gr- great. And I'm, and when I bit into it, it was the driest, most. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. <laughs> is there? A, well, is there a, first off, first off, I hope you kept your mouth quiet and kept the family happy. <laughs> <laughs> David, tell tell uh, tell John how to do a brisket. Brisket, you don't want to overcook it. You don't want to keep getting in the way. Let the brisket do its job. Inject it. Um, take our brisket, our prime brisket injection, um, inject it, and plump it like a football. Get some moisture in there. That is my first thing I always tell people. And don't wait too late to wrap it. A lot of people want to wait till the brisket's 170, 175. That is 20 degrees too late. Wrap it with the internal temperature of 150 to 155 degrees. You'll save so much moisture, it's unreal. And as now, you wrap it, go ahead. No, I've, I've never, I've never cooked one. I've just had, you know, my uncle that it was so delicious, and then my uh, my wife's cousin, uh, his wife said. Oh, you're gonna love this brisket. I mean, it was it was like chewing rubber. Well, sometimes they miss all of that. I was I, I'm gonna say is sometimes um, people like fried eggs. Some people like scrambled eggs. Um, <laughs> there's not one wrong way or right way. Just long as you're eating it the way you like it, that's what matters. Sounds like they like that kind of a of a brisket. John, thanks for the call, Dave. We're gonna take our last break. We'll be right back on the Barbecue Show live here on Talk Radio 1023. Stay with us. 
Tom, don't worry. We'll keep David over for a few minutes after the uh, radio show's over, and we'll talk about um, that sausage for you, if that's okay with you, David. Um, yeah, I don't want to keep you all night, but... I was kind of lost. I'm like, how do you, how do you answer that one? I know. Um, Time to get a new yeah, wife. Yeah, <laughs> Time to get a new wife with new family members. I, I just, yeah, I, I just, some people like it one way, some like it another. I, I love it. That, that's what's really great about barbecue, Steve, is there's not one right or wrong way. It's just your preference, and that's what makes it right for the backyard. However, you and your family likes to eat it, that's why you need to cook it. Well, David, you, you when you go to a contest and and just look how there's if you go to if you go to a big contest, there's 60 teams. There's 60 people doing it 60 different ways. Nobody does it the same. There's not one, not two people doing the exact same thing. Everybody's got their own twist on things. Yeah. You know, we we, we started. Out, yeah, we started out. You know, putting stuff on at one, two o'clock in the morning, and as we evolved. You know, it's going on at six, five thirty and six in the morning. So we just evolve and and um, it's just uh, it's it's it, and it all tastes good. You know, th- that's what you're looking for. It isn't it isn't the method; it's the taste. That's what you're going for. So find one that you like. If you like, you know, a lot of people like, you know, staying up all night throwing sticks in a, in a uh, offset. And I say, you know, more power to them. You know, I've done that. I'm sure you've done that. We've all done it. Oh yeah. 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 They even got it on film with me one time. Boy, I looked rough. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. And those cookers, whew, let me tell you, that wood they gave us was they were they were proud of it. They were telling us, um, Rod and Lene and I, they were they were proud of it. We just had this cut three weeks ago. We're this is really fresh wood. Oh my god, it was so green we couldn't get it to burn. It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> They were proud of it. Those producers were really happy. They got us, got us the freshest wood there was. That was a that was a good show. That was, that was, uh, that season was the heyday of that was the, the azimuth. That was the azimuth. That was uh, the best. That was the best. Two hour of grand finale. It was they treated it right. It was really good. Good stuff. Perry Collins, thanks for joining us. Perry's another Green Mountain Club member. David, you cook on what, FMCs? Fast Eddies? Yeah. Yes. FECs, right. Yeah. I got their smokers, and I've got their their line of um, pellet grills. Mm -hmm. And I've also got a Traeger. I've got two Nomad pellet grills. I've got... Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's ugly. It's ugly. Yeah. When we come back, we'll only have one minute to say goodbye, okay, David? Okay. We'll say goodbye to the radio side, then we'll go to uh, the Facebook side. So everybody on Facebook, just hang on. we got more stuff coming. we got more stuff coming. Weather's still clear here in Chattanooga. I just looked out the weather window. I changed studios, David. I went. I swapped rooms with my daughter, so um, I've got a big weather. I've got a big weather window. I can look out of now. 
That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Talk Radio 102.3. All right, welcome back. You're just in time to say goodbye to David Bosco from Chandler, Oklahoma. David, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you on social media so they can watch your videos and get in touch with you if they have questions? Steve, first off, thanks a lot. I, I appreciate the invite and being able to chat with all your listeners and all your followers. Um, we are on Facebook. Look up Butcher Barbecue. We are on Instagram, Butcher Barbecue. And we are also on Pinterest starting about two weeks ago as, you guessed it, Butcher Barbecue. Well, good for you. That's a, that's a good format right there. And you, David's got some uh, great videos on YouTube you can go to. And he's got more coming. And uh, when they start hitting the hitting the uh, airways, we'll talk to you about that. Everybody, we're going to say goodbye now. Everybody on the Facebook side, please hang on. David's going to give us a few minutes of extra overtime. Next week, we've got open lines. It's open mic night on the Barbecue Show Live here on Talk Radio. We'll be taking all. We're going to make it a community a community talk about barbecue because it's coming. The big one's coming. Memorial Day is coming, and you want to be ready. Joe, thank you so much. Everybody on the radio side, good night. And good luck. A wish list of sorts from President Biden. He's released his one and a half trillion. All right. David, let's talk about sausage for Tom. Okay. Tom Tom is wanting to know about sausage, and I don't know anything about it. And um, Tom's already said you've got to come back because you're very entertaining. Yes, he is, Tom. But let's talk about sausage for Tom. All right. To me, sausage is about mouthfeel. It's according if you're talking about links, if you want to do like bratwurst um, and you can flavor a ground stuffed sausage to no end. There, it's, it's infamous. And you can take grilling addiction and make a sausage recipe with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sausage recipes are salts and sugars and, and herbs and, and that. And then in the sausage, you can do so much things. You can add potatoes. You can add rice. Um, everybody knows about all that. But what you have to be aware of is if you're adding some of that stuff, that'll bring moisture inside the, the, the meat. Sometimes it won't won't bind properly. So a good, good thing to do with sausages, we did this with every bit of our summer sausage we made. We add instant dried milk. Um, it's a good binder, but it also adds moisture, just like um, it'll pull – we, we always made our sausage mixes, and I made what I call a cake batter. If I'm doing, our grinders would hold 125 pounds of uh, mix at a time. And so as I take a hamburger lug, we'd put all of our spices in it, and I would start filling it with water, and I would make a real, and it'd be thick. It'd be real thick. Mm-hmm. It'd be a thick slurry, like a cake batter, more or less. But it would the, the dried milk would get the moisture from that, then we'd dump it in and scrape it, scrape it clean and put it in our mix, and then we'd tumble it and let it mix that way. That's how I, I don't like putting dry spices directly into it because you always end up with a pocket or something, in my opinion. So and then the really, really old-style flavoring of sausage comes in the, um, the last step before you store it. What you have to do for a flavor of sausage to be really large is put it in your refrigerator. We put it in walk-in coolers. Put it in your refrigerator overnight before you cook it and before you freeze it. Um, what that does, that allows all the flavors, the herbs, the spices, the paprikas, the, the sugars, 
to melt into the meat. And now the meat is flavored and you're not having this, uh, uh, spices in there. See what I'm saying? The spice now goes to the meat. And then when you eat sausage, that sausage is the flavor. Mm-hmm. That's what the trick is. Don't ever take and make up 20 pounds of breakfast sausage, put one in your fridge, and you're going to eat it the next morning for breakfast, and just put the rest in your freezer. Because when that freezes, it's going to freeze some of that salts and sugars and, and the sages and all that before it melts into the meat. And then when you thaw it out, you're just going to cut it, slice it, do whatever you're going to want with it, and cook it. You'll have that flavor, but you'll just be missing that flavor that a lot of people really love about sausage. And if you're making bratwurst, you don't have to go buy all the big fancy equipment to stuff it, to put it in the casings. There is nothing better than to buy uh, your ground meat and add a bratwurst flavoring to that and make a patty. Oh my goodness. You can make some of the best gourmet patties out of sausage materials as you'll ever eat. David, what makes a bratwurst mix? What is, what is a, is it is something is it something you buy at a store or is it something that you have to combine? It's just combination of flavors. I mean, there are different styles of bratwurst. I mean, obviously everybody knows that it came from Germany mm-hmm. years ago with all the England immigrants. Um, but bratwurst is a style of a sausage, just the flavoring uh, on that. And I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I personally, I'm a Polish. I like Polish sausages. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's been my favorite. Um, and it's just a flavor. It's just what it is. But a bratwurst is, yes, it's cased, but a bratwurst can come in patties. And that's that's how I got to eat them. I love, I love bratwurst. I'd, I'd rather have a bratwurst than a hot dog any day of the week. And I love hot dogs. But I, do I love you like the coarse style? Or do you like the real fine ground style like a, a Eckridge-type summer sausage? Um, Johnsonville brat? Is, what, what, what are and they? Coarse. Course, okay. I like course. I like I like course. Yep. So that, that yeah, that's my that's my favorite. Of course, everybody, that's everybody's favorite. That's you know, when you go to the meat section, that's what that's what's there. Is Johnsonville brats. Uh, t- Tom also had a question about uh, uh, your brisket. Now you know when I went I went to your, I went to David's uh, class back in June of last year, over at uh, Byron Chisholm's ranch in uh, Middle Tennessee, and it was, it was a fantastic. Um, class and david i was surprised uh to learn that you wrap your briskets at 145 degrees 55 155 okay um which was i thought low but explain your thoughts on that all right i'll explain the the process of cooking um moisture starts dissipating from the meat at about 150 degrees and if you wait till 170 75 like i was trying to explain to that caller earlier You've done wasted about two and a half hours of cook time that it would be moisture leaving. Mm -hmm. And if you take a large piece of meat and let's just take a brisket and it's full of moisture and you got this outside surface hitting it all the way around, the warmest spot's going to be this outside layer. And let's pretend that that moisture is a live product. As As it gets warmer, as it's coming in, that live product, that moisture is going to dissipate into your smoke chamber, okay? Mm-hmm. And as it does that, basically, it's let's just call it, it's, it's killing itself. So the, where does it concentrate? It concentrates to the center of the meat. And the, 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 as the moisture starts doing that and it's concentrating, it's going to get smaller and smaller as it's cooking. 
So what you have to do is try to preserve that as much as possible. So if you know it's going to start leaving the meat at about 150, 55, well, start your wrap process then. Screen through the the uh, the dissipation up to 185 to 190 because muscle fibers are going to fat starts melting at about 172, 75. So contrary to popular opinion, you cooking a brisket upside or right side up doesn't really matter. That fat is that meat's already closed up. Mm-hmm. Okay. That fat isn't going to melt into the meat. It might melt around it. And you see so many of these Facebook pictures of people taking a brisket, cutting it, and squeezing it. Oh, look at all this more. They're just squeezing the fat in the middle. That slice yeah. is not full of fat. Um, it drives me crazy. That's for another story. <laughs> but, um, but get it up to the tenderizing part. The longer that the meat is in the 190 to the, um, I'm sorry, the 185 to the 195 zone, that's when it's going to break down, okay? That's when it's going to start getting tender. That's the reason the old low old low and so slow method was so popular is it just took its time, and then when it got to that, it just took another three hours to even get tender, mm-hmm. but it might be in there 12, 14, 15 hours. Yeah. It would be drier than a popcorn fart, but it would be tender. Mm-hmm. But that's because it sat there for so long. We're screaming through that. And we're, we're keeping it wrapped all the way through. So we got to get to a higher temperature so that it is so that m- the same amount of muscle uh, fibers are broke down. If we're going through the up through the 195 method in about an hour to where it normally would take three hours, we have to go higher to where that time frame is still the same and more of that muscle surface is broke down in tick and tenderness. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, one more thing on the brisket, and, and I, it, we don't have another hour. When you wrap, foil or butcher paper? In competition, it is 100% foil. All right. What about in backyard? I've done both, and I do like both. I like what both do. There is, to me, it's a different brisket. Tell um, me, I tell me, I, I have foil. used, I've used both. I, to me... I'm, I'm a foil guy. The butcher paper, I don't, I don't understand what it does. It just, it, it, I know it makes a mess in my smoker. When I pull it out, it's a mess. It's stuff dripping everywhere. It's, it's just a nasty mess. And with that foil, it's all nice and it's, it's in there and I just open it up and it's, I put it in my pan and it's all clean. What, what does, what is the butcher paper doing that the foil's not doing. It allows the pro- the outside surface to breathe more, and the theory behind that is is that it doesn't make the meat as mushy. It still takes a lo- little. It, it's kind of a mediocre between the time it takes to get done from foil or to just leaving it open and cooking it all the way through. Okay, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of a middle ground there. It, it still takes longer than foil, but not as much as leaving it open. Okay. Okay. Um, I myself, I I I've played with in competition style practicing, wrapping it with foil, getting it cooked, holding it in butcher paper to allow it to breathe and to maybe reset the bark, do different things like that. It still wasn't as good a brisket as leaving it in the foil all the way through. Yeah, that's what I think too. That's what I think. 
but there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that love to put it in butcher paper and like we always say there's all kinds of ways to get to chicago david that's it thank you so much i sure appreciate your time appreciate your overtime you're a prince and i uh, appreciate all you do for me and um i thank you for being on the show and uh talking to these fine folks and spreading some information that uh, we can all use. And um, next year, let's shoot for getting you to the store and doing an in-person appearance. And um, we'll just have a big day. We'll get a couple of guys maybe come up from Alabama and help us out, and we'll just have a big Saturday there at the Owlsness Barbecue Supply. I like the sounds of that. All right. David Bosca, two-time barbecue world champion. Thank you so much. And we will see you soon. And everybody on Facebook, thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. We're going to um, be heading out. I've got to, <laughs> I've got to go move furniture now. Believe it or not. And Aaron, you're going to help me too. I didn't tell you about that, did I, Aaron? <laughs> Until next Friday night here on Facebook. To you, my friends. Good night, and good luck.